This episode of the Teacher Wellbeing Podcast is sponsored by the Self-Care for Teachers Resource Room, an online hub for teachers to learn about health, happiness, well-being, and burnout prevention. Check out the library, a collection of free resources that you can use to be proactive about your self-care and well-being. Find out more at selfcareforteachers.com.au forward slash library. This is the Teacher Wellbeing Podcast, a weekly show to help you prioritize your health, happiness, and well-being so that you can thrive in the classroom and in life. I'm your host, Ellen Ronalds Keane. Enjoy the podcast. back to the Teacher Wellbeing Podcast. Today's interview is with Steve Waters from the Teach Well Alliance in the UK. Uh, But before I get to the interview, I just want to give a couple of announcements. Number one, you may have heard on the new sponsor little bumper at the beginning of this episode that I have finally released uh, my free library of resources, which I'm calling the Resource Room. And uh, you can find this library at selfcareforteachers.com.au forward slash library. It includes uh, the recordings of some of the webinars that I've done recently. So the Preventing Burnout series will be in there uh, for now. I may change them out when I do some other webinars you know, throughout the year. Uh, you can also get on there some uh, guided meditations that I've recorded and some you know, worksheets to help you with tracking your self-care and uh, being proactive about your well-being. So that's the first announcement. It's uh, it's new. I've been working out the tech, but um, I finally got it into a stage where uh, you can see it as well, which is great. And I will continue to um, add to that library as the year goes on. Uh, I also want to remind you all about Patreon because uh, we're just coming up to the end of the third season of the Teacher Wellbeing podcast. And I'm really looking forward to having a bit of a break because, um, you know, a lot of work goes into producing this podcast. It's a significant amount of um, time and energy of mine. So at the moment, um, I'm doing it all by myself, which is wonderful and very rewarding, but just requires that I need a break every now and then. Now, I'm hoping to have We'll have one more episode this season and then I'm hoping to have about six to eight weeks off and we'll be back in about term three to um, bring you season four. Uh, But I just wanted to give a shout out for the Patreon um, page. I've got a couple of wonderful subscribers on there, which is wonderful. Patreon.com forward slash self-care for teachers because podcasts are free to listen to, but they're not free to make. So any little bit that you can help um, support the podcast is really, really appreciated, and it and it does go straight back into the podcast. I also um, another way that you can help support the podcast if you're a bit short on cash is um, to leave a rating and review on iTunes. Now I know not everybody is listening on iTunes, but if you are, um, that's one really powerful way to support the podcast. It helps it gets fa- get found by more people, um, and hopefully we can spread the well-being message with more teachers around the country and even the world. Um, so if you're not sure how to do that, I have actually recorded a little video uh, on how to leave a review on iTunes in the app and also it's the app on your phone and also the uh, computer program. That little video will be 
It's on the Facebook page. I'll pin it to the top of the Facebook page. So go to facebook.com forward slash self-care for teachers uh, and leave a gif or something in the comments of that video once you've seen it so that um, I know it's worked. And yeah, I'd love it if you could leave an honest rating and review on the podcast um, because like I said, it just helps spread the word. Uh, I also am really appreciating all of you have send in sent in your questions and comments and um, stories. Really helps me tailor this podcast to hopefully answer the questions that you actually want answers for. I know um, quite a few of you have been requesting more teacher stories for next season, so I'm on the case. Uh, and if you would like to be on the podcast yourself, or you want to nominate somebody who you think would be a great guest who has a really great story of teacher well-being, um, perhaps through overcoming some challenges or overcoming burnout. I would love to hear it, would love to feature them in season four, love to feature you in season four. So um, get in touch in, in the break between seasons and we'll, we'll get that happening. All right, so back to today's interview with Steve Waters from the Teach Well Alliance. So Steve is a former high school English and drama teacher. He worked for 30 years in high schools in the UK. He ran you know, English and drama departments as well and was an assistant principal for a while. And then he moved into a consultancy role uh, with, you know, the local authority in the UK until the funding for that job ran out, uh, as I think often happens in some of those kind of mid-level roles in, in government. Um, you know, the funding only goes for a certain number of years. And then when it's done, the people doing those roles have to find something else to do. So Steve decided to really pursue uh the, the similar to my story, really, he had noticed that there was an issue with teacher well-being and, um, you know, the pressures becoming intolerable for teachers, including his daughter, who is also a teacher, you know, and, and he decided that he would like to do something about it. So he has set up the Teach Well Alliance. And um, the, the way Steve works with people is through a 12-month um, support program for schools to help improve teacher well-being in the schools in the UK. And um, he's also got a conference coming up in July, which I really wish I was in the UK for, all about tackling teacher burnout. So it's a really interesting um, episode, I think, for us Aussies because um gives us a bit of a, a different perspective. Um, but lots of common themes too from what, what we've talked about on the podcast before and what we're experiencing here in Australia. So Steve and I talk about some of those factors that influence organizational well-being in schools, um, the expensive and vicious cycle of you know, the teacher wellbeing crisis creating high staff absences and why that's a problem for the individuals themselves who are having the absences and, of course, for the schools. Um, Steve's got some great tips for early career teachers um, and, you know, in particular I like his, his um, emphasis on the importance of getting perspectives from people outside your school and I think that's really good advice for not just people in their early career, um, you know, early years of teaching, but for all of us it's really easy to get a bit tunnel visioned and get stuck in our in our in our one perspective and it's good to get outside perspectives. So without further ado, I hope you enjoy this episode with Steve Waters from the Teach Well Alliance. Good morning, Steve. Oh, well, I suppose it's good evening where you are. Yes, that's right. It's uh, just after 10 o'clock uh, in the evening here. Oh, thank you for staying up late to uh, come and talk to me on the Teacher Wellbeing podcast. It's really nice to have you. Thanks. Yeah, it, it's not that particularly late for me. I usually work uh, quite late uh, sometimes, and because um, I don't have a nine to five job, I can sleep in in the morning, so I'm fine. <laughs> oh, that's good. Well, um, speaking of your not having a nine to five job, uh, can you tell the listeners a little bit about your background and uh, you know 
what you do in your non nine to five job? Yes. So I taught for 30 years in high schools in the UK. Um, I, my subjects were English and drama. Uh, and I ran an, a drama department. Um, and then I ran an English department and then was an assistant principal. And, um, at that point, I l- left full time teaching to take up a consultancy role within what we call a local authority in um, the UK. I guess it might be similar to a board or a district in, uh, in Australia. And um, I worked there for six six years uh, working with teachers uh, in schools, in a range of schools within an area. And then the funding that um, paid for my salary and about 4,000 other people uh, who were consultants ran out in 2011 and I was made redundant. So I decided mm. that I didn't want to go back to a nine-to-five job and struck out on my own um, in a freelance capacity, which was a, a, a huge learning curve because I'd never worked at, in business before, um, yeah. much, much less set up my own company. So um, I made lots of mistakes and um, did some good things. And over a period of time, I built up a, a new profile um, and worked still with teachers on training and delivering courses. And then over the past five years, I guess since really um, 2013, I've noticed that teachers are increasingly feeling stress, suffering from burnout, and the messages that I was getting from the teachers I was working with is that was that the pressure was becoming uh, intolerable and some some of them left teaching and um, my own yeah. da- my own daughter um, uh, is in her fourth year of teaching and she's a, she's always got really good feedback on her lessons but even she was having um, problems with managing the workload and the stress in her school. And so I I decided that something needed to be done about this. So I set up the Teach Well Alliance um, about a a year ago, and I gave myself two years um, to try and make it a success, uh, developing a program of 12-month support for a school to improve uh, teacher well-being on the basis that if we have teachers who are burnt out and have mental health needs themselves, then they can't teach effectively and they can't support Absolutely. the pupils. So um, I'm at the stage now where after a year I've built up the the business um, and made connections on LinkedIn and I'm now at the point where I'm beginning to uh, market the program and also promote a conference, which I'm hoping will take place in July, um, called Tackling Teacher Burnout. Mm. Well, that's a topic that I'm very interested in. <laughs> right. So can you tell us a little more about your program and, and the conference? Yeah, so the the program is a 12-month program 
Um, it begins with two anonymized surveys, which uh, one survey is directed at te teaching staff and the other survey is directed at support staff who are not teachers but might work in the classroom or who help to run the school, work in the kitchens, you know, the facility staff. Um, and those surveys are designed to enable staff to, to uh, express their views about the pressure that they're under and where that pressure is coming from in the school. And so from a, gen a report is generated from those two surveys. And, um, and then uh, I work with the school to create an action plan um, to begin to address the concerns that the staff have raised and implement strategies over 12 months to improve well-being across the school. And um, after 12 months, the surveys are repeated and then we we compare the results to see what progress has been made. Um, and the idea is that the program is not, um, you know, a 12 month fix and then the school can go back to what was happening before. <laughs> um, it's intended to be an integral part of their well-being, uh, of their culture as a school. And, um, it's, it becomes part of their three year development plan and, and then is, is ongoing. So once they've create, once they've made progress creating that culture, then I would expect the school to have in their school development plan every year a section on staff well-being, and then how they were going to um, how they were going to promote it in that next year, how they're going to develop um, from the point that you know that, that that they were at the end of at the end of the uh, school year into the next year. Yeah. And and in terms of school wellbeing programs, I mean in the UK, is that something that kind of currently exists or because obviously you and I know that the school culture is hugely important in um in a teacher's wellbeing, but just probably in the last 3 or 4 years here in Australia, it's become uh a bit more expected for a school to have a staff wellbeing program. I mean, I think student wellbeing has been um on the agenda for a long time, but really, I've really seen a big uh, uptick in the last three years, probably, of schools having a dedicated wellbeing program for staff. What's the situation like in the UK? Um, is is it similar? Has it been a, a fairly recent um, uptick? Because I know that the UK has had you know much more problematic um, teacher retention rates than Australia for for a while now. Uh, yes, the, the, it's it's a very recent development, and um, it's not something that is coming from central government. Uh, most of the programs are to do with well-being for pupils and teachers' well-being. Um, it, it's very very limited and very patchy, and the the number of schools that are successfully implementing well-being programs are very few and far between um, and one of the one of my aims is to try and influence um the government to start to provide funding um for well-being programs because what is happening is that they're they're pouring money into recruitment drives because they need yeah. teachers 
but they're doing nothing to stop the teachers leaving in the first place. So um, that that's you know that's not sustainable and it's not effective. Um, and because there's no program coming from central government, then schools don't feel that they have to address teacher well-being. Um, and and there are there are a whole range of schools. I mean, some schools are very few. Are, are doing a full program. Um, some schools are just playing around the edges of it. You know, maybe they'll have a, a yoga class at lunchtime or, you know, cakes on a Friday, which is all very well, <laughs> but, but that's not going to solve burnout problems. Um, and uh, and other schools, um, uh, you, you know, I'm, I'm sorry to say, there are some schools where school leaders are creating a lack of well-being themselves and, you know, have the view, well, if you can't cope, then you better leave because this is not the school, that kind of approach. Mm. And then um, obviously that, that kind of hard-lined approach isn't, isn't helpful in the long run because, I mean, if everybody leaves, <laughs> what do you do? Um, but what are, some of the other, what are some of the other problems that you see or the, or the factors that are influencing the um, the organisational well-being in schools over there. What, what are you noticing? Are there common themes? Yes. Um, the most common theme is that there's a too high a level of accountability for results and standards, and that is a kind of an obsession that the government has. Um, and and teachers, school leaders feel under pressure to deliver results because they're going to be inspected on, on them and then they pass that de- expectation down to the teachers and then the teachers pass that down to the pupils. Um, and so it, it's not a good environment uh, because everybody is, everybody's stressed. The pupils pick up that um, and um, And, of course, uh, if pupils are are stressed, they're not going to learn effectively anyway. So um, that's the that's the common theme that that runs right throughout. You know, all teachers' uh, concerns about workload are are really geared towards um, that high stakes accountability structure, uh, where results are the be all and end all of of education. Yeah, well, we're certainly seeing more of that here. Um, as well, which is, uh, you know, it's, it's concerning, isn't it? And, um, and I know that obviously this is, uh, this is also not one of the questions that was on my <laughs> list. So feel free to take no. a moment to think about the answer. Um, I know that this is a, a very big question and there is no one soundbite answer, but what do you see as some of the solutions to the, you know, to the wellbeing crisis that we are seeing in, in teachers and, and other school staff? Well, the schools that are doing really good work in in well-being, their head teachers say that when you start putting staff well-being as a priority, it impacts on every area of school life. So, you know, if your teachers are if your teachers are not stressed or as little stressed as uh, as possible, then they're going to be able to teach better. They're going to have more energy to um, 
help and you know have have patience with pupils um the pupils are going to start enjoying their lessons more because their teachers are not stressed and then the pupils yeah. learn more effectively and so two schools that i um i was with recently or at least i was with their head teachers on a panel for of a seminar on teacher well-being both of those teachers placed teacher well-being high on on the list and what they said was without really focusing on results their results improved dramatically um simply because they were they 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 were valuing their teachers more and also those two schools have no uh have little staff absence and no and neither of them have any problems with recruitment because when word of mouth gets around that the head teachers value the the teachers of course people want to work there um, absolutely and the staff absence is a big thing too isn't it because the the level of staff absences rises as people get more stressed and more you know closer to to full blown burnout and then that becomes another staffing issue but also it makes everybody's job you know the the person who's away has to catch up the next day with the sometimes the mess that's been left from the kids who didn't finish their work with the relief teacher i mean it's a it's a vicious cycle isn't it uh yes and and it's also expensive because yes um if you don't have your teachers in front of their classes then you're going to have to pay for somebody else to be in front of them um so again it, because of in the uk schools are very worried about um a lack of funds and i've noticed that this is also increasingly the case in america uh but that lack of funds you know some of that some of that comes from the expenditure on cover teachers and on recruitment so if you can if you can reduce staff absence and reduce the number of vacancies then that gives you more money to put in the pot for the things that matter in in schools which is usually resourcing uh, your teachers effectively to deliver teaching and learning mm mm i mean it's a very complex issue and um but a very important one and and i'm glad that we're having these conversations uh increasingly now because um you know it won't change unless unless we start talking about it more you know and, and making it clear that this it, we can't go on as we as we are um because things will just get worse um if we switched gears a little bit now um one of the questions i always ask is you know about advice that you would have and for early career teachers who are just starting their career at, at this you know at this particular time in history which is full of all these complex challenges and with your background you know obviously you've worked at in many different levels of a school um you know many years experience being a teacher or a school leader and now working with the leaders on on well-being what would be your advice for early career teachers um to set themselves up for a thriving career do do you have you know some top tips steve yeah well it's it, it that's an important area because in the uk about a third of all teachers who are trained leave within 5 years most mostly in the first 3 years um i i probably would suggest that teachers in in their early career um apart from other teachers in the school who are in the same position 
to try and create uh, a network for themselves on social media of other teachers who are in a similar position um, because it can be quite isolating. It depends on the school. Some schools are really good at supporting newly qualified teachers, but even those schools, they're under so much pressure of time that yeah. um, mentoring uh, isn't what it used to be. So I, I think it's a bit of a culture shock for some young teachers who, um, you know, are recently qualified and then they find themselves uh, teaching um, a full timetable or at least a full timetable according to what they uh, are allowed to teach. Um, and, and also when, if things are not going well in a particular school, then there's a tendency to for young teachers to think, well, all schools must be like this, and it that's not necessarily the case. So, so it, it's important to have other perspectives from other teachers. And if your school, you know, is not looking after you, then perhaps you'd be better leaving it and going to another school that you know does look after the staff better, um, and sometimes changing schools can have a dramatic effect simply because schools are, uh, while they have common features, every school is different. Yeah, that's a really good point. I think, um, yeah, you make a really good point about thinking, oh, well, where I am now, you know, there are problems in this school or this has been my experience in my first year of teaching. This must be what it's like everywhere I'm out. But you're saying don't, don't necessarily um, take just what's going on in the school that you are in as where what all schools are like. Get some other perspectives and consider a change of school to see if um, if that works out better for you. I really like that advice because it also um, allows people to, I think sometimes when you're in it, it's really hard to make clear decisions when you're in the thick of the anxiety or the frustration or the stress. Um, it's very hard to see other perspectives uh, and. I think that's good advice to say, well, get some other perspectives, network with some people who are in different locations, get it, having different experiences and and have a go if you feel you need to, changing schools and see if, if that, you know, improves things for you. That's good advice. Well, that's two tips. Do you have a third one? If your school will allow you, I would suggest that you also go to and visit other schools um, to see what's what's going on in your subject area in those schools because sharing good practice is and making new contacts is a good idea but also visiting other schools which actually NQTs newly qualified teachers in the UK they are supposed to to do that as part of their professional development so um visiting another another school just gives you that different perspective again and it might convince you that if your school is not that great, that there are other schools out there that you could apply to. And because um, for every two vacancies in the UK at the moment, there's only one teacher, uh, it's, it, it's, it's quite uh, possible that you will find a vacancy fairly soon after looking. Um, and some schools might just, you know, might might snap you up because some there are there are also some schools out there that that want 
fresh ideas and somebody and, and somebody who's younger usually has a lot more energy at the start of their career. So um, it, some schools actively look for newly qualified staff and also uh, they have an eye to their budgets because new, newly appointed staff cost less than an experienced teacher. <laughs> True. Yeah. Um, yeah, when you put it like that, I mean, it, it. you can take it one way, but the other way is definitely that, yes, newly qualified teachers have a lot of energy and a lot of, um, as you say, a lot of those fresh perspectives, they're often really au fait with technology and, and um, really keen to experiment and try those things in the classroom. But the other point I really like about, you know, the visiting other schools and seeing what's happening in your subject area in different in different um, schools is, is, I mean, not just the resource sharing because I think there's a lot of reinventing the wheel that goes on because we're all teaching, the, you know, similar curriculum but sure. we're all creating the same resource all over again. I mean, it's just a lot of extra energy that we could be sharing. But also if, it's certainly common for, for newly qualified teachers to, you know, have it, not everything goes right. You make mistakes in the classroom, lessons get derailed, things are frustrating. You might be struggling with some aspect of it or that you feel like the students are having trouble grasping some aspect of the of the curriculum. And when you go to another school, you realise, oh, it's not me, it's not my fault. Yes. This is just a tricky part of the um, syllabus and that's why the student, you know, the students over here are struggling too. Uh, it, with that particular topic, that's just more difficult. Or, hey, look, those teachers who have ten years' experience are having some of si some similar frustrations as me with this particular part of it. It's not just me. It's not because I'm a first year and I'm terrible and I should quit and I should. It's all my fault. You know, I think it's again, it's that perspective, isn't it? That, hey, there are commonalities here. Yes, there may be some things particular to your school that are problematic, but there may also be challenges that you're facing that are not. Uh, your fault or because of your school that's just it's just a challenge of the job and when you when you get that perspective to go okay okay this is something that everybody's dealing with behavior management you know is difficult all across the board there may be some schools that are more challenging but you're still going to have challenges with student behavior wherever you are and that perspective can help almost um you know it's the perception of the stress in that case. It may not change the situation, but it changes your experience of it because you think, oh, it's not all my fault. I'm not terrible. This is just a tricky thing that everyone's facing. Sure. Um, it, that perspective is very important. I, I really like that. Um, well, thank you so much, Steve. This has been fantastic. Um, I've got one more question for you, but before I get to it, um, I'd love for you to tell the listeners where People can find you and follow you online and connect with you because I know that um, you have a con the conference coming up. So tell us about that. Uh, and yeah, tell, tell people where they can find you and connect with you online. Yeah, sure. So the, um, the website is um, www.teachwellalliance.com. Um, and there are links in various places on the website to uh, other areas or social media accounts and so on where um, people can meet me. I've also got um, a large uh, number of connections on LinkedIn. So LinkedIn, the LinkedIn account is just under Steve Waters. Um, and and you, can, you can certainly visit that, and I'd love uh, for people to connect with me. And if you are in the UK – or if you're coming across to the UK for any reason in July, um, there, there are 
I'm running a conference in two different venues in the UK. Uh, the conference is called Tackling Burnout, Halting the Education Crisis. And one um, venue is on the 3rd of July in Sheffield, and the other is in Mitcham in Surrey on the 10th of July, a week later. Uh, and the information is all on the website. Yeah, excellent. And I will put all those links in the show notes as well for listeners. So if you um, want to get the direct uh, hyperlink, you can just go to the show notes at selfcareforteachers.com.au forward slash podcast. And uh, my last question for you today, Steve, is what do you do to cultivate well-being in your life? Do you have any specific practices that uh, have really made a difference for you? Um, yeah, I, I don't use it every day, but if uh, if I feel that I am getting stressed, I, I uh, practice mindfulness meditation. Uh, yeah. that, uh, that I found really, really good. Um, and also, again, I don't um, always get to do it every day, but I try to do um, about 20 to 30 minutes just walking um, I'm quite close to uh, a, a, a kind of really well-developed uh, area which has uh, waterways and canals. So it's really nice to to walk around that area, and I try to do that as as much as I can, and just try and be as healthy as possible in 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 uh, in what I in what I eat. Um, I, I'm not a kind of you know I, I don't obsess about it, but and. I, I, I'm, you know, as likely as anybody else to get drawn to McDonald's once in a while, but um, <laughs> yeah. but I try I try not to. So um, I think yeah, I think all that helps. I also um, I don't know how long it is. It's quite a long time now. Um, I decided that um, I was going to give up alcohol, and um, largely because uh, I just wasn't sort of enjoying it anymore, and. So I haven't I haven't um, had alcohol for about five years now, and that's and that has made a big difference um, because I think I was, you know, when I was when I was drinking, I'd have a drink at night, maybe a couple of drinks, um, and probably too late at night, uh, thinking, oh well, it'll help me help me sleep. But of course, it's the worst thing you can do uh, because just interferes with your sleeping rhythm. So, yeah, I don't obsess about it, but um, I, I think those, uh, you know, those take, taking those measures has certainly uh, made me more healthy. Yeah, well, that's really good to hear. And, and um, I'm sure there are some teachers who are maybe thinking, oh, don't take my wine away. But what you're saying is, is just to be aware of that it actually can interfere with, with the sleeping pattern so it actually it might help you fall asleep, but you won't feel refreshed in the morning. So that's it's good advice and, and to maybe limit limit that where possible. Uh, and, and thank you so much for your time today, Steve. I've really enjoyed this conversation and I think, um, I think it's really important that we continue to have, especially across, not just across schools and, and school sectors in, in, within our own countries, but, you know, internationally this is an important topic and, um, and I'm glad that we're talking about it today. So thank you for your time. You're very welcome. Thanks for listening to the Teacher Wellbeing Podcast. If you've enjoyed it, go ahead and subscribe in your chosen podcast player so you don't miss an episode. 
I'd love it also if you would leave a rating and review in iTunes and share it with your friends. This really helps the podcast reach more people and together we can spread the message of teacher wellbeing to create thriving school communities. Show notes for this episode can be found at selfcareforteachers.com.au forward slash podcast. You can also find me at facebook.com forward slash selfcareforteachers and on Instagram my handle is at selfcareforteachers. So come along and follow me there. 